Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the award-winning Get in the Herd Recovery Podcast brought to you by the McShin Foundation. Today, we have in our studio some really, really, a really, really special person to me and, well, two people really special to me. Um, one who really helped me out when I first got here um, as a participant and uh, somebody else who also is now in a similar role to that person. So um, to my left over here, I have the... Um, Oh gosh, what's what's a good adjective to describe you? Well, to my left, I have Carla. Carla, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Hi. <laughs> and to my right, I have Amanda. Amanda, great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I asked you here today. Uh, Amanda is a current uh, AmeriCorps representative, and so we had AmeriCorps reps on the on the show last week or the week before, I think. Mm -hmm. And Carla is a former AmeriCorps rep who is now staff here at the McShin Foundation. And the the amazing thing is, I remember Carla when I got here. I don't think you were AmeriCorps yet, but you became AmeriCorps while I was a participant. So when when I came, when I needed help with. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. So, so those anybody who knows me and knows me three years ago when I first got here, um, I didn't have my glasses. You know, I, I I need bifocals, you know, or or progressive lenses to to get you know get around and to read well and see. And I didn't have those in in my using. I had destroyed them uh, for a multitude, you know, whatever. So all I had were these broken frames with no arms and so what i would do is i wore uh you remember this don't yeah. you yeah i had um <laughs> i had some reading glasses and i would take the the bifocals and i would put them in the reading glasses so that i could you know read and it became really frustrating to try to set up doctor's appointments and such like that because i, I really could not physically see and anybody who's dealt with um government websites or insurance websites knows that it's it, it's a, a Byzantine labyrinthine, you know, experience. And so having somebody like Carla, who I'll be like, Carla, I can't make this appointment. I can't read all this stuff. Would you just do this for me, please? It was really, really helpful. And Carla set up my first um, uh, eye exam. So thank you for that. So what brings you to the show today, Carla? What, what brings you to the show? Nathan. Yeah? Yeah, you, Nathan. Oh, <laughs> 
Well, who are you? What do you do now? I'm Carla, the assistant director of female programs Ooh. here at McShin. Here at McShin. And, and what do you do on a regular basis? What, what, what Were you out at Chesterfield uh, corralling chickens the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I work at the Chesterfield house on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And I'm here at McShin on Wednesdays. Here at the at Hatcher, so at the at the, the the I guess the foundational center of our organization. I understand there's been a lot of change over at Chesterfield the last uh, week or so. Um, literally, a chicken coop that has been built, and chickens have been. So, so when are we getting our chicken tenders? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> oh no! Um, <laughs> I hope never. <laughs> And and so yesterday, what what were you guys doing yesterday out there? You guys were putting in a garden, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. So what did you plan out there? Oh, a little bit of everything. A little bit. Were you out there too, Amanda? I was not. I saw some photos though. It yeah. Really exciting. Green beans, tomatoes. I saw what? radishes, and I thought to myself, Wait, I was like, "Who's going to eat radishes?" Like, Ooh, I, I love radishes. Radish. Yeah. There's <laughs> a little bite, peppery bite. Well, what's so, Carla? Tell me. Why are we doing that out there? What's that all about? Well, it's to help. It's to give back. To give back. It's to help others. Okay. Okay. I like And it gives the girls a bit of responsibility. and. Yeah. I've heard it said in a meeting um, that uh, 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 in the first, what is it? Get, a, get yourself a plant. And if you can take care of a plant. You know, after six months, get yourself a pet. Am I like a fish or something? Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Something small. I mean, you don't want to be getting a dog after taking care of a plant. Well, know? I mean, that's that right. Could be a big jump there. That, that right. Well, and so the the the, the logic here, and let's I'll go with this on Amanda. That's I appreciate this jumping in here. You know, we often get into early recovery and we jump into relationships. And I say we, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so people have been accused of jumping into relationships early on and don't know how to take care of themselves, you know, and, and probably don't know how to take care of a plant yet. So, yeah, any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, I, I think it just seems like, you know, you have all these emotions that are coming out um, and then you're meeting other people. And yeah, I mean, I think that, that can be really difficult, you know, when you have just so many emotions that you're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out who you are, you know, as someone that's, you know, going through this process. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like that's, that's my take on that. Well, we've, we've started off the show here with a whole bunch of topics here, but yeah, I want to bring it back to what you do here now. So what is your role here at McShin and how did you get involved? What brings you into this role? So I actually started here last August, um, actually one year ago today, I came in for my interview to be an intern, <laughs> which also marks um, the eight year anniversary of my fiance's brother's passing um, from substance use disorder. Um, he had sepsis and so he passed away eight years ago today. Um, but I had my interview with, with McShin, you know, a year ago on that day. And I then became an intern in August and I decided to extend my semester because I enjoyed it so much. And so I'm came back in January and now I'm doing AmeriCorps. And Ooh. so, um, my major is actually health science. So 
It's more mental health focused. Um, so when I saw McShin, I knew of McShin and I was like, you know, I really want to, you know, see how I can be of, you know, a help in that, in that field and kind of learn more. So that's, that's I came here. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you get into, uh, how did you get into AmeriCorps? What was the process? So when I found out that I was coming back um, in January to continue on with my internship, um, Jesse actually contacted me and said, hey, well, you know, we have this position with AmeriCorps. I think it's something that you might be interested in. And of course, the first thing I said was, what's AmeriCorps, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I like I've heard like the, the Peace Corps, you know, Yeah. but I have never heard of AmeriCorps. And Honestly, it was a blessing because I was looking for a way to give back to the community. And, you know, this gives me a way to do that and also be able to do it on a larger scale because I'm here as well, giving back to the community and kind of wanting to be that, you know, source of hope and erasing the stigma and among other things. So. Awesome. Yeah. So what is this, a, a six-month commitment, a, a one-year commitment? It's a six-month commitment. Six-month. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and when that six-month is up yeah. in June? It's up in August. Oh, in August. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It got, it got extended. So we That's started awesome. in February instead of January. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, glad to have you. So yeah. you're, you came through, um, Carla, how did you get here today? Well, not today, but I mean, how did you get to... Um, AmeriCorps. I, I know you as the AmeriCorps rep, but I, I don't know what you did to get to McShin and how you got involved with AmeriCorps. Tell us about that. What was your journey? Well, when I graduated Brown and Stratton, I have a degree in human services. Ah. So I already knew I wanted to work in this field. I just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And I learned while I was at school that I could become a certified peer and help and give back. And so you've become a certified peer recovery specialist, but before you did that, because I remember when you got that test, <laughs> when you took that <laughs> test coming in, you know, I, I still haven't taken the test, by the way, I, I need to do a refresher course. Um, but I remember that, but you, you've been, you were an AmeriCorps rep first. And so was that a, a one year commitment for you or was that also six months? It was one year before mm -hmm. AmeriCorps. I was a volunteer here. Oh, okay. That, okay. I didn't remember And I that. found out about AmeriCorps through Tracy. The and, former AmeriCorps, okay. And I applied, and I got it. Yay! Yeah. And it was for a year. After that year, McShin hired me. Yeah. And I've been here since 2018. 2018. When when did you start in 2018? July. July, okay. Because I got here, um, I actually got here April 30th, 2018. So I'm coming up on being here, you know, okay. three years exactly. Um, tomorrow, what is today, the 28th? Yeah, so the next day. But um, that's... Uh, and I've I've got lots of stories about that. We'll share we'll share that next week. But um, stories but, of Nathan. No, no. Well, the it's saga can saga. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is in and and this is why I, this is why I love the continuity of this place here at McShin. You know, I've known Carla almost since you know I've been here. Justin was my first house leader when I got here. Oh wow! So I've known Justin since literally the first day I got here. He was one of the <laughs> probably third or fourth McShin person I met when I got here um, after Bob and Moses randomly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do have some people commenting up there. First of all, Johnny Fab, longtime listener up in Pennsylvania. Johnny, I haven't talked to you in a while, man. I want to see your TikTok going. Um, good to see you, Johnny. Uh, woo up there. 
Um, Sarah Wigginton, she is alumni. Sarah, I haven't seen you in a while either. I want to see that cute little baby. Um, Sarah says, hey, hey, what is America? What is AmeriCorps? What do they do? She says. Ooh, that's a good question. So, yeah, what do you guys do? What do you do on a daily basis, um, Amanda? Yeah, so uh, AmeriCorps is a resource to kind of help people who are coming into the program or um, helping people in general um, and the public. They have different programs. This is the opioid prevention program, um, mm. but they also have like the gardens program and bunch of different kinds of programs where you can kind of give back to the community um, and help others. And so what I do with AmeriCorps is I help people that are coming into the program do things like um, apply for their Medicaid or any kind of benefits, um, any kind of like SNAP benefits, as well as, you know, setting up any appointments that they need for, you know, whether it be the DMV so they can get their license or, you know, whatever the case is, um, I usually tell people when they come in, you know, have a list of, of things that you really want to get done when you're here so that I can, you know, be of assistance and kind of help you figure that out. If Even if I can't, you know, directly do it, I will give you the resources that, so that you can then go and do that. So. Yeah. that's And so as a, as a recovery coach, you know, who works with participants one-on-one, -on -one, you know, we, we, um, the way I do it, you know, I, I start to break down initially when I meet with a coachee, uh, we talk about recovery capital and recovery capital are, um, well, is essentially the, 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 the things, but the ideas right. that you have. So you've got your social, your human and your physical mm -hmm. capital and, and your physical, your housing, you know, transportation, all these things, you know, um, the human capital being the people around you and the social, well, and the social capital being the people around you. The human capital though is a little different. It's, it's the, it's the, it can be the people, but it's really the skill sets that are available to you. And whether that's, you know, my internal skill sets or, you know, skill sets I can rely on in other people or other organizations. So, you know, we find that, um, or at least I do with my coaches, you know, we, we, put down, you know, what it is that we've got going for us, you know, right. and from there we can look at what do we need. And, you know, there's a lot of things in early recovery. First off, you know, I mean, I got here, I needed glasses, you know, I needed to go to the DMV. I had my teeth issues. And so, you know, I had all kinds of, I had stuff I had to do like, and, and, and it seemed very, very overwhelming, you know, early, early on for me, it was very overwhelming. And it was really incredible to have a, a, a team of people around me like like and and you know I keep joking about Justin being my first house leader but Justin was an amazing house leader who just kind of was able to listen to me you know kind of say oh I don't know what I'm doing and he basically just went it's all right you know I, he didn't basically say it's all right he kind of just sat there listened and 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 helped me put things into perspective by not overreacting like I was doing right you know and maybe he was just blowing me off I don't know no he wasn't at all you know we had good conversations but then I needed other things like I needed to be able to make an eye doctor's appointment and and you know I, I mean these are things I know how to do but I it was overwhelming right and to have somebody in my corner who knows how to maneuver through the different systems, you know, pull those levers of power, you know, mm -hmm. um, is incredibly helpful and powerful for, for an individual just coming into recovery. So after that, 
you know, we start to look at what is it that, you know, we have, what do we need from there, you know, and, and, and when we look at the things we have, you know, I tell my coaches, okay, now we can start looking at that and we can, we can start our, our gratitude lists with some of these things, you know, what, what are we grateful for? And let's be grateful for these things here, you know, the ideas, the, the, the things, the, the people in our lives. And then now what do we need to get? You know, what do we actually need? You know, the need versus want. And then what do we need and how do we get there? So we can start setting some goals. And and that's that for me, I mean, shoot, all of that stuff is difficult for me every day. You know, I work on that stuff. Um, as long as I don't put any substances in myself in me one day at a time, though, I have a good chance at working on that stuff, but I need to set goals too. So this is really where you come in. Right. You know? And I am a recovery coach too. Um, and I do I did do the um PRS class. So mm. I'm close to my hours for sitting for the state. Are you? Exam, Fantastic. So, yeah. Forgot to mention that. Woo -woo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when you started talking about it, I was like, oh, wow. I can't believe I didn't mention that. But, yeah. So you you get to work with individuals all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Carla, when you were here as AmeriCorps, you had the office that is now... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it there's, there's now a refrigerator in there filled with pee <laughs> yes <laughs> well there wasn't a refrigerator filled with pee when you were up here was, was there no, no. <laughs> it made for some interesting lunches um no, gosh that's terrible oh, God. um what uh what 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 has changed if if anything you know what are the what's the evolution of the position you know what's changed from what you were doing, um, you know, what was it, two years ago, a year and a half ago, that you were AmeriCorps to now? Are there any changes or or things that have in, improved, you know, that have helped you in your in your jobs or things that still need what, to improve? What has changed for me is then I was doing more of the benefits. Mm -hmm. Medicaid. Yeah. SNAP. All day. Over all and over and over. And now... I actually get to spend more time with the girls. Yeah. And 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 I like that. We get to talk and I get to know them better. They get to know me. And they love you. They do. Thank you. They do. They do. <laughs> Carly, you're amazing. Um and and Amanda, so you you get to do this on a daily basis now too. And you have some other admin duties that get thrown at you. I, yeah. I know you you're at the front desk, which is a vital you know, point of contact here. And and that wasn't something we had a few years ago. You remember when it was just sort of willy-nilly, people walk in the door, oh, where's McShun, you know? So now that we have that really important spot um, filled, yes. you know, you're there. Um, so you get to be a face and voice of what McShun is right off the bat, as well as helping the newcomer walking in the door with these very important, you know, setting up these very important uh, uh, systems of care, essentially. Yeah. You know? I mean, every day is different. Um, I I mean, I, I've only worked the, the front desk a couple of times. <laughs> That's definitely a role. Um, but most importantly, I'm just here to, you know, do whatever I can to help. Um, that's why I say it's just different every single day because everything's different minute to minute. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, you know, open to new and exciting challenges. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, administrative things, a lot of recovery coaching, um, a lot of, you know, having conversations with like what Carla said, you know, getting to know the women and, you know, taking that time to really build relationships on both ends, not just with the women, but when I do groups um, with the gentlemen downstairs too, 
Um, you know, I, I like to, you know, see how I can be of assistance to them as well. Um, because there's definitely a lot of them as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what do you find? Uh, well, before we let's say hi to everybody. So Ashley, Mall, you know, Ashley up there. Hello. Yes. Hey, Ashley. Hope you're doing all right. Hi, Ashley. Randy Allen. Good to see you, Randy. Um, he says, hello, everyone. And Brandy Nicole, love you, Carla and Amanda Nicole Stevens. <laughs> Hi, Brandy. Hi. And and I'm and what I should Lydia. say, Lydia. Hey, what, Lydia. Is that a person with her hand up and two kisses? What is that? Yeah. I, I can't read those emoticons from here. Is that emoticon? Is that the right word? <laughs> emojis. 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 Okay. I'm I'm, I'm over I'm over for years old. <laughs> you got so. it. You got it. <laughs> Um, look at these fun people here. So what, what are the, you say that your job is different from day to day. And I, that's one of the things that really appeals to me, mm -hmm. you know, working yeah. here. Um, what, what are the, what are the, um, what are the consistent things that keep you coming here every day? You know, what is it that keeps you coming back every day? That's a great question. I love that. Um, so like I said, every, every day is different. I love that because it keeps me on my toes for one. When I come in every day, I don't know what, what to expect, you know, you know, what's going on um, at first. And then I kind of, you know, get an idea of what's going on. Then I can then put together a to-do list of things that I need to do. Um, and for me, that's exciting. It's new. It's fun. Um, and it just, it keeps me motivated. Um, and I just, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> it's different every day. And that's what I love about it. What do you hope to take away from this experience when you leave here in August? Um, do you have ideas of what you want to do afterwards, where you want to go? Yeah. So I definitely want to do something in mental health, something in behavioral health. Um, I feel that this experience has really helped me connect with others and build those relationships and Kind of lean towards my um, studies in uh, mental health and use those, put those to use while I've been here. Um, and it's that's really helped me grow in my relationships with the people here. Um, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Fab up there over there is uh is paraphrasing William White with his with his uh, recovery capital uh, definition there. And and recovery capital can be best represented as the breadth and depth of internal and external resources that can be drawn upon to sustain recovery. Um, that, um, that may actually be the sure. William White definition. The one that I've got in the, in the recovery coach section, um, recovery coach book says something like uh, the, the quality and quantity of, of internal and external resources that can be drawn to bear upon blah, blah, blah. It's like 8,000 words that could, I, and William White, I know no disrespect, but it's like 8,000 words that could be really put down into like 10. So Nathan, but, uh, uh, who is, who is William White? Who is William White? Who is William White? William, what William White is a recovery advocate um, who is down, I believe in, I think he lives down in Tampa or Clearwater now, some, somewhere down in Florida um, who has really, uh, been able to define and, and at least for a lot of people, um, what am I trying to say? Go ahead. You have a definition for William White? 
No, I do not. I was basically asking for anybody out there listening that does not oh, know who right. William White is. William White, William White is a recovery advocate who has talked uh, extensively about the importance of authentic peer recovery. So same thing. Hugs, Nathan. Hi, Johnny. So William White, um, and I, I haven't, he's he's published a lot of, of information, at which I have only begun to scratch the surface on with him, but he has really helped um, champion the authentic peer recovery movement in the last several years and brought forth and to and recognize that the you know that we say this in a, a certain 12-step fellowship um, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel that's it yeah right and so whether you do the 12 steps that program or not you know it's it's I have lived experience you know and I've gotten through it so I can help you and and you don't have to be an addict, you know. Not everybody here is an addict, um, who who who's who's gonna. But we all have lived experience. So when we draw on our lived experience to help each other, that's where that authentic peer connection comes from, and and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of what we do here. So challenges, um, excitements. What what brings you here every day? I love it. It's it's challenging yet rewarding mm -hmm. all at the same time and every day is different it is the promise of chicken and ribs coming out of the back of my car <laughs> isn't it <laughs> you definitely learn something new every day that's for sure yes whether it be from staff the newcomer right uh, yeah. yes yeah yes <laughs> i've actually learned a lot from jill a lot jill jill is our our female program director um, who is, uh, I think she was on the show last week, um, mm -hmm. with Dixie or the week before. So yeah, yeah. she yeah. was a miracle when I started volunteering. I did. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. I mean, I knew she was here. Okay. I didn't realize she was also a Maricor. Yes. Yeah. Cause I remember Tracy, Tracy yes. had that office, the same little office right there. Where, where are you? In the, you're downstairs, right? In the, I'm, I'm wherever. You're wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I float around. You float. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So. What do you think we need um, right now in in the recovery space? That what what would what would be the best thing that we could do right now in the recovery space to help the newcomer walk in and off the street? What are we missing? What do we need? What what can what can we do to help? What's the what's the next thing we need to add? Any ideas? I think we need to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think being authentic. Yeah, definitely um, making that great first impression. You know, when that person sees, you know, the first person that they see, you hope that they see someone that's friendly and ready to help. And so, yeah, I definitely think that we do a good job of that. Um, and like Carla said, we need, we definitely need to keep doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. What, what is your take on that, Nathan? Well, I, yeah, no, I think more of this, more of what we're doing, I think making sure that we can get individuals into hospitals. You know, I think that um, there are a lot of places around the country where they've been able to put um, peer recovery specialists or, you know, whatever that state's equivalent, you know, type of person is into hospitals and working with, you know, emergency departments as individuals come in, you know, experiencing a substance use related emergency. Um, I think that's in, an incredibly powerful and something that we need to, to really focus on here in Virginia. And there has been a focus on that. Um, it's been a tough slog the last couple of years with that, but I think it's still a lot of work to do there. I think working with, um, working with, 
more and more as we can with um you know our, our 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 police and other first responders you know so that we can make sure that you know the the public health crisis that is addiction is treated as a public health crisis and not as a um, criminal justice issue i think we we need to work more towards that and and to continue making sure that you know as as faces and voices of recovery that we serve on those councils we attend our meetings we go to um you know, board of supervisor meetings, you know, town hall meetings, you know, anywhere we can talking to our delegates, talking to our state senators, you know, because all, all politics is local. Right. And I think that the way that we can best help uh, and more the way, another way that we can best help the newcomer is to make sure that as we progress in our own recovery, that we, that, that we take our recovery and we share our recovery, you know, with those people who may not know what that is. So, you know, I have the opportunity as outreach director here that I get to go and talk to people who may not know what recovery means. You know, I, you know, I, I only share what recovery means to me, you know, and, and, and I'm, I, I'm always grateful when other people can, you know, get past and, 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 you know, get out of our own, our own personal stigmas, you know, the idea that I'm a bad person, the idea that I don't have self-worth and say, you know what, I do have something to share. You know, I can share my experience and, and look at this, you know, you know, three years ago, you know, I walked into this place, you know, this is my story. You know, three years ago, I walked in this place right after I got out of a jail program with a bag of groceries and a bag of clothes and into a house with a bunch of people who had jobs, a lot of them, you know, cars. And I had no idea where I was because I'm not from Richmond and I hadn't been to Richmond in 20 years at that point. And, you know, here I, here I am today, you know, and I get to help people every day. And it's not a, oh, look at me, I have a car or this or that or the other. It's like, those are nice things to have. But right, what I have is a sense of purpose. You know, and I get to, and that's what like we do, you know, we get, a, we get the sense of purpose. I'm, I'm reading to that. So sharing that, you know, I think, I think also working at the state level and the local level to change the law, you know, in Virginia, um, a possession charge for a schedule one or schedule two narcotic, which includes methamphetamines, cocaine, you know, heroin, that schedule one or schedule two narcotics is punishable for as a felony for up to 10 years in prison. It's, and that that's that's absurd. I, you know, just just on the face of it, that's absurd. And, you know, and judges have latitude and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, from my own personal experience, you know, I, I was arrested, you know, with a possession charge and I was a first offender. And in Virginia, you do have a first offenders rule. Right. But I'm an addict and I continue to use and I threw that away, you know. And so because I ended up throwing the first offenders rule because I still used, you know, I became a felon. I was sentenced to two years in prison. I, that was that was suspended, but I had two years of probation, and and you know for many many reasons I'm grateful because of course I found recovery in a jail program, but I don't think it has to be that way. Right. You know I think we I can agree. Yeah. yeah. We can push and and so I mean like now I you know I I've gotten my rights restored and and I've gotten through that process and you know I still have other things that I can do or need to do to get all of my rights restored, but it's like why. Why do we right. do that? What is yeah. the point? You know, we're we're just we're just we're just trapping people in a cycle. Um, that's that's my view on that. Right. You know, but as far as like preach it, brother, I love it, Johnny. But as far as <laughs> as far as like you know, walking in the door, a brand new person in recovery, you know, that that hey, come in, sit down. I get hungry. You know, I I got to do. This is funny, right? I've been here almost three years as a participant and now staff for like two years as staff. And I did my first intake yesterday. 
or day before, whatever it was. Me too. Yeah. Yesterday. I, I think last night. Mine might have been the day before, but yeah, and I had never done one. Right. Right. Same. And and you know, I've I've certainly been around when the first person walked in the door and stuff. So it's and of course I know what the rules are. I used to do orientation here all the time. So I I, I know the I know I kinda, you know. Yeah. So I got to do that the other day. And that was really cool because it was like like I'm not I'm not talking down to somebody. Right. You know, I'm I'm sharing with somebody this is where I was just, just a few years ago. You know, I was in, I was in your shoes in that seat in this office, mm -hmm. literally the same office, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not just a guy telling you, you know what, you're a terrible person and you're going to fix you. It's like, no, 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 you're in the right place. You know, we're going to help you find your goals and, and help you um, together, you know? And that was pretty awesome. Uh, Johnny Fab up there. Uh, read William White, Slaying the Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Slaying the Dragon, the History of Addiction Treatment and Recovery in America. It is a big, thick, giant read. You probably have a copy from Recovery Coach Classes. Yes, you probably I do. do too. I have a copy um, gathering dust on the bottom shelf in my desk uh, or my uh, in my office. <laughs> At least um, you're honest. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've flipped through it. Um, it's it's I'm 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 not. I, I have a, I'm I have ADD like a crazy guy. If anybody knows me, like I don't crazy in a non-clinical sense. Not a clinician. <laughs> I can say that word um, and mean it ironically. Um, <laughs> let me walk all this back here. Um, no, but but the reality, you know, I do have the book, and I, I you know, I, I'm much better with um, sound bites because you know, no attention span. So, okay, now. <laughs> Let's transition. Okay. Let's I have tra ADHD too. Yeah, fun. right. Yeah. Woo, squirrel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, I don't, I know a little bit about Carla's life. I don't know anything about you and your personal life. Tell, tell us about, tell us about your fiance. Tell us about his brother, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, sure. Um, so my fiance and I started dating almost nine years ago. It'll be nine years next month when we were in high school. I was junior in high school. That was what, um, last year? Yeah, right. She's so young. I as wish. I'm <laughs> I really wish, but no. Girl, I'm um, going to be 50 years old in a few weeks. So. <laughs> You're going to be how old? <laughs> yeah, she's like years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 28 again. Right? 29 holding? In 28 29 holding, holding yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This isn't about me. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so, um, so my fiance is one of brothers. Um. His oldest brother actually came through Mixion, so that's how I know about, um, you know, what you guys do here, what we do here. Um, and his middle brother um, also had substance use disorder um, and actually had sepsis from using dirty needles. Um, so he had bacterial endocarditis um, November of 2012. And was struggling with, you know, chest pains. He was in recovery. Um, he, he had been clean for nine months um, prior to his passing. And he passed away from a heart attack um, eight years ago today. So he was 22 years old uh, when it happened. And, yeah, it's, it's weird to think because now Scott and I are actually older than, than he was when he passed away being 26. So yeah. it's... um. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard, um, you know, to see a family go through so much pain. Um, and for me seeing that I 
you know, didn't have anyone in my immediate family that had struggled from that. So it was definitely um, something that was, you know, obviously humbling, but really, really sad because, you know, here I was, you know, didn't didn't have um i'm trying to figure out like how to express their correct words um had you know two siblings and you know he had lost a sibling and it's like you know how do you how do you deal with that you know how do you i i can't imagine losing one of my siblings first of all i mean we're all three very close and um him and his brother are very close they were best friends so i just couldn't imagine i couldn't fathom that pain Um, and so when I started, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to help others, but I didn't know how I wanted to help others. And so I started as a biology major and then I switched into health science just because I wanted to do, I I realized I wanted to do something in mental health. I realized that that was a big area of opportunity. And so that's how I came here and yeah. Yeah. Specific questions about like my story? Or <laughs> well, like... no, that's that's good stuff right there. And so, and I know you want to get into the mental health field going forward, and that's um, I mean, that's broad and that's awesome, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, ask me what I want to do in the future. I'm going to tell you I work a program of one day at a time, right. but I'm also going to tell you that I need to put together goals. So it's <laughs> it's you know it's it's sort of it's a balancing act, you know, for me right. in recovery. It's like you know, okay, yes, I have to do one day at a time, but yes, I also have to make sure I have enough money in the bank to pay my rent. You know, yes, I have to do one day at a time, but also, you know, five years from now, do I want to be driving the same car? Because it's probably going to be dead. You know, it's like, these are things I have to set a goal and plan for. And it's, uh, and that's, that's a beautiful thing about recovery. It's like, you know, I'm not chasing the dragon as it were. I'm not chasing the, um, I'm not chasing the high, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's my day. <laughs> my, my days are, my days are, are, are relaxed. You know I mean? I come to work and, you know, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of variables in the day. Um, and it's, it, you know, learning not to personalize everybody else's recovery. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? You know, I think you probably know what I mean. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, how, tell tell us about tell us about you and 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 maybe your goals and your program. I know you're. Can I share? Sure. You're a person in recovery, you know too. So so tell us about what what do you do for your recovery? What are your goals? What are your thoughts? Tell us all about Carla. Tell us all about. Well, <laughs> I don't use no matter what. Ooh ooh. That's my saying. Ooh. All right. That's like my that. saying. Don't use no matter what. Don't use no matter what. When you so you're working individually one on one with these with the women who come in here, you know, and I know you run groups as well. Um, how do you separate? How do you separate? How do you go home and turn off? Well, I have a 16 year old daughter. Oh yeah, right. She'll she'll take your attention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Gosh, she already is. She's 16. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What she's gonna be a senior? This, no, sophomore, uh, junior, junior this year. Yes. Yeah. Good for her. How's she doing with the pandemic and school and all that stuff? Well, she wants to go back to school, and I don't want her to physically enter the building. She's virtual, and okay. I love it. She's safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? Now, any any kids? No, no kids. No kids. No. 
Um, how has how, so? Tell me, how has your pandemic been? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, well, VCU has been online since last spring, so we've been online for a year now, which is I can't even believe that. It's weird driving down by the down in the campus area. You yeah, know, it's dead. It's it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I did part of the spring semester online because we went online. I think it was like March and then summer semester online. And then this year, the entire year has been online. But then I graduate in May. So I was explaining <laughs> to a few people I, I was a transfer student from Reynolds. And so um, I really only attended one semester at VCU in person. So I don't like, yes, I will be an alumni of VCU, but it won't really feel that way because I haven't really attended like any in-person classes. So it's really strange. <laughs> it's a weird time we're living in. You know? I, I, um, uh, the year before the pandemic, I think I was in DC Mm, three or four times and I'm from Northern Virginia or at least I have family in Northern Virginia and so I, I was up in Northern Virginia several times but I was actually in DC proper a few times the year before last and I was in DC on March I think 5th last year a week before you know basically the world mm -hmm. shut down but there was still enough of a you know enough of a scare that you know we went um, I was with a, a participant at the time and we went to um um there are 11 members of the House of uh, House of Representatives from Virginia and and two senators so we went to all 13 offices that day it was exhausting <laughs> <laughs> but the weather was beautiful we had a great time and but it was exhausting and and I got to tell you if you ever plan on doing anything like that make sure you look at what buildings they're in so you can try to put everybody who's in the same building at the same time or near this <laughs> Oh, lots of walking. I, I I hadn't I hadn't <laughs> planned that out cuz we ended up there's four different buildings that we had to go to it was it was a lot of walking. Um but the cool thing is we did uh I was just looking at my phone and I got a, a voicemail from uh, Representative Spanberger's office. We actually bumped into our congresswoman um or the congresswoman who represents the district that McShin is in anyway, and uh, bumped into her while I was walking the halls, and she she knew who I was, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so we we got to talk to her a little bit, but um, but it was funny the the experience because some of the offices were already getting into you know like washing the hands and not shaking hands, and others I think there was that foot tapping thing that was talked about at the very beginning of the pandemic. Oh wow! Now I know we do the. Yeah, the the elbow, elbow yeah. thing, but it was a foot tap thing that they thought it was, you know, <laughs> people were doing just to joke at, the, at that time. Um, but I was there again for the first time in DC uh, just last week. And I was there on Monday, not this past last Monday. And I was up there doing touristy stuff. I was just up there with a friend who had never been to DC. And we just took the drive up for the day. We didn't stay anywhere. We just went up for the day. But I realized <laughs> just how profound the the pandemic had been for up there um, when we left at five 30 in the afternoon and experienced no traffic. No, oh, I, that's, wow. I know. And I, I, like, I wasn't even, I looked at the, I looked and I went, it didn't dawn on me until we were You're actually, right. I wasn't even thinking about traffic because, because a, I was able to drive down to Georgetown and to go to my, one of my favorite places in the world, one of my favorite little restaurants and park within a half block. Oh, of wow. the restaurant in Georgetown in the middle of the afternoon on a Monday. And then we were able to park we parked right at the base of the Washington Monument. You know, how the heck do you find parking for that? You yeah, know, right. normally. And that was enough of a, oh, wow, kind of experience. But then when we left at 530, 
it didn't even dawn on me as we were leaving that, oh, we might experience traffic. Like I didn't even think about traffic until we got on the road and I went, wait, there is no traffic. <laughs> this is weird. Um, that was, that was really wild. Of course, there was a lot of things closed, but the weather was gorgeous and we just walked around. But so it must have been right before the weather started to get cold last week. Oh, we had yeah. like thirty days where it was like fifty degrees. Well, yeah, it's 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 a mid Atlantic. You know, we'll have to go through a couple of winters like, and make then make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It was at eighty nine <laughs> today or something ridiculous. Exactly. Today. Yeah, and by um, May first, it'll be hundred degrees. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I mean, at least and as I was saying outside, at least there's no um humidity yet. Oh gosh, are we actually? I felt talking it this morning. <laughs> felt it this morning. Yeah, we are talking about the weather. It's we like are. we're being we're on the radio now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. but that's 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 right and so as the world right so this this is what i'm getting at right all these things that have changed in the world all this sort of every because that really demonstrates the level of isolation and i think in central virginia i don't think here in richmond i i, I maybe i i'll speak for myself i don't feel like my life has changed as far as my work life has changed all that much in the last year, what's changed for me was my access to meetings, you know, to recovery meetings. And I think, you know, other people who have experienced, you know, I know a lot of people who lost their jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think um, that lack of access to meetings has been really, really detrimental. Well, this line of work, nothing stops. That's what I've, that's what I've really picked up on. Um, even with my, my mom works in, in the hospital as a hospital administrator. And even for her, like, it doesn't stop. You know what? If they're going to do Zoom meetings, they're going to do Zoom meetings, however they can do it, because yeah. it just doesn't stop. And when we're talking about, you know, especially people's lives, you know, you yeah. just can't put that on hold. So well, we're looking at we're lucky enough that, you know, yep. our lives essentially haven't been put on hold because of the pandemic. Unfortunately, it's not like that for everybody, but. Yeah, we and we we've adapted. We've adapted, you know, quickly. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, I I know you're wearing your mask. I mean, I've been vaccinated for like to. two months now, and so I'm fairly comfortable without wearing mine, you know, here. But you know, I still wear mine in public all the time. And in fact, mm-hmm. I think I probably will just continue to do that. I you know, agree. I haven't had a cold, knock wood, you know, in over <laughs> a year. It's it's wonderful, you know. But like the 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 habit of washing hands, which you know, I'm, I don't think I've really changed that habit too much because I was not fastidious necessarily, but I certainly had a habit of washing my hands. But the glass partition or, you know, plexiglass partitions everywhere, this is like stuff that I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that change. But it has made so much of like um, access to recovery uh, more difficult for individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot of the government entities you know, um, we're seeing a lot of other organizations, you know, that uh, the hospitals, you know, who are turning away patients, who are turning away um, clients. I hate that word, but, you know, clients and things because of COVID. And and as a result, you know, organizations like McShin, um, who, which have stayed open, you know, have absorbed and, and we're grateful to be able to have the capacity, you know, grateful to have the capacity and, and to be of service, to be available. We've absorbed um way more individuals coming in because other organizations haven't been able to while the demand for access to to affordable health care treatment you know for substance use disorder has um increased um in a in a in a, cra- in a in a remarkable way i won't say crazy again um 
you know, and we can see that we can see how that's demonstrated by the number of overdoses, overdose deaths that have you know increased over the last twelve months. Um, we can see that in some places, you know, thirty, thirty-five percent higher numbers in a twelve-month period over the year before, and which you know, after a trend of it kind of plateauing for a few years, you know, is is really. I mean, you know, I guess I guess alarming is a is a word to use um, if it weren't my friends, you know, and people we all know and love dying. So to yeah. be able to have these you know, places still open is incredible. So, you know, I, I got to applaud you guys for the work that you do. I just realized we've been talking for 47 minutes. Look at that. <laughs> wow. I know. It, Time it, goes it, back fast when you're having fun, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess all that to say this, right? We've got a lot of work. And, you know, we're, we are, we as an organization at McShin, right? We as a movement of authentic peer recovery special, recovery advocates, excuse me. Um, we are the, the most hands-on, boots on the ground, most easily adaptable uh, people to do this work because we have that firsthand experience. We have that lived experience. That's the word I'm looking for. We have that knowledge. We have that institutional knowledge. We have that work ethic. We have that that desire to help the next person because we were the next person at one point. Yes. Yeah. So come to a place like us. <laughs> <laughs> um before, we we should we should land the plane here. I, I apologize, but, you know, Justin. I'm I'm just rambling and rambling and rambling. Um, but it's a it's a good talk today. Um, and that's why you do outreach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Uh, I do love my job. Um, Carla, do you have any last thoughts, hopes, um, inspirational messages? Um, any particular meat orders you want to put in? <laughs> <laughs> Don't use no matter what. Don't use no matter what. <laughs> I like that. Um, I probably should explain the reference, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been known to I've been known to pull up at McShin with a cooler full of meat and to just share with anybody who wants, uh, you know, a, a brisket. Oh, or, we're not even going to talk about that. Or bacon. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want any meat out of the back of my truck? Nope, I do not. <laughs> you missed it. You no, know. I was here for that. <laughs> oh no, no, we've done it. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> for one of them. For one of them, yeah. Um, any last uh, words, thoughts, encouraging hopes, dreams? This is the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, just thank you, everyone, for watching. <laughs> Justin, any thoughts, concerns, uh, traffic reports? Traffic reports <laughs> on our radio. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day outside. It is a So team. don't sit in your room by yourself, go outside. Have some fun with some other people and uh, don't use no matter what. Yeah. And and keep your mask on outside, not because the CDC tells you to or tells you not to. It doesn't matter. Keep it on because that pollen is vicious out there. It is. <laughs> Justin and I were both out there just hacking our freaking lungs out earlier. And uh, just keep the mask on. Keep the pollen away. <laughs> With Good that, advice. yeah, with that, with that, I'm going to, I will not see you tomorrow at two o'clock. I believe, I believe we're going to have special guest host Dixie, but we may have to do a little persuasion <laughs> for that. Um, but I will see you all next Tuesday. I've got some awesome guys, uh, guys and gals lined up for next week. Um, we're going to put that out. I hope on Monday we'll be able to put out a, uh, an episode guide for, for the week. That's my goal. I'm saying this live on online on the air right now in front of witnesses so that I can be held accountable. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, I've got, I've got some, some good guys and gals lined up already. So uh, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to our two fantastic guests today, you, Amanda 
and Carla, um, and of course to our producer, Justin over there. Yeah. See y'all next time. Here at McShen, we believe in the McShen way, which is authentic recovery support service providers, people with lived experience, bringing that experience to those who need that lived experience in recovery. Here at McShen, we believe in many things to support our mission. We believe in women empowerment. What I love most about what we believe here at McShen is we believe in the authenticity of the peer-to-peer approach. Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in giving people opportunity. Here at McShin, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. At the McShin Foundation, we believe in helping people reach their full potential. Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in multiple pathways to recovery. Here at McShin, we believe in placing principles before personalities to help spread hope. Here at McShin, we believe that recovery is possible and that any person seeking recovery can become a more acceptable, responsible, and productive member of society. Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in self-discovery. Here at McShin, we believe in saving lives and offering second chances. Here at McShin, we believe you can do this. Here at McShen Foundation, we believe that we can only keep what we have by giving away, which is why we continue to help others like us seek and find recovery. Shen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery since May 27, 2007. I have not used drugs or alcohol. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShen, let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, 
The podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.